0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Coddy with Nissan on News Talk.
1: While you're getting in touch, I want to talk about this ESRI study today that revealed younger people are much more radical when it comes to making sacrifices to save the planet than their parents or their grandparents. Patrick O'Connor is from Extinction Rebellion, Ireland, and he joins me now. Patrick, are you encouraged by this news? Hey Kieran. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I mean, I suppose it's it's obvious in a certain sense. People are responding to the changes that they actually see happening around them. It's hard to avoid it if you consider, you know, even Europe how it's actually been uh, over the last year in terms of the unprecedented heat waves, over forty degrees in London. If nothing else, I'd have a friend who was there and they were speaking about wildfires in London. And then you consider Pakistan, and you know that's almost like ground zero of the climate apocalypse. And You know, with with COP, you had, you know, the UN Secretary General saying that we're on a fast track towards climate disaster. So people are starting, we've been hearing these messages for long enough, people are actually starting to emotionally connect with, wow, what does that mean? And for children, what does that mean in their lives so they're at the oftentimes mm. they're more connected than the many uh, than the rest of us who are somewhat still complacent although that's mixed that we, we all need to grow our awareness and then grow and find actually what's the appropriate response to these uh, challenging times that we're in but yeah research like this is important i
1: i'm I'm sure a, a part of this is that whatever the issue is and it's true of every generation you know kids tend to be more radical than their parents. Yeah. But but, but it, is a bit of this also when it comes to climate change that kids recognise they're the ones who are going to have to live with the consequences for longer?
0: That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? As in terms of we need to change our ways, their ways, in a certain sense, are maybe kind of less fixed and less stayed. And actually, they are the ones who are going to have to be actually navigating completely uncertain times. But there's also a collective bubble of actually thinking that it's going to be the kids rather than ourselves. Do you know, like that climate change is somehow in the future? But, you know, not only do we see around Europe, do we see in the places who are kind of least prepared to deal with it, you know, less developed nations where climate change is happening now, climate change is causing untold suffering, loss of life, and destroying any security going forward. So even the way we post, we, we ha- we've considered that the kids are going to have to be dealing with it, and they are. Do you know, when I mm. consider my own kids, I have a 15-year-old girl and a 12-year-old boy, I uh, naturally really worried about what's actually going to happen in their life. What are they going to have to face? Where is food going to come from? What The conflicts, the levels... Uh, essentially, we have to pay back our debt. You know, we've been burning carbon like there's no tomorrow. And we have, essentially, we have six years left at our current rate before we pass our carbon budget uh, to try to keep... uh, within 1.5 degrees, which was what Paris said, is to try to avoid the worst effects of carbon change. Well, Sorry, climate change. And we're not doing it. Well, we have uh, to
1: recognise in, we're not doing it. Instead of two lads like us talking about younger people, <laughs> let's talk to a younger person. Callum Hederman is with me as well. He's an environmentalist and a social activist. Callum, why do you suspect you and your peers seem much more willing to embrace change and radical change than older generations?
2: Hi, Kieran, and thanks very much for having me on. Um, I think, first of all, like there's a lot to unpack in this report, but there's two things that really stood out for me, and it's that more than 90% of Irish people between the ages of 16 and 24 are concerned about the environment. And the most important part for me was this, this specific wording, that there, as in young people, understanding of pro-environmental behaviour is no greater than other adults. So it's, um, that, that that was really profound for me because I suppose it's something that I've been trying to communicate for a long time, but it's great now that it's been empirical evidence. And I think we as young people are are happy to make the shift in our personal behaviour patterns to protect our planet and our people. Yes, the burden of climate change cannot be placed on those most affected by the policy changes that are made. So, you know, as a young person, I'm 20 years of age. I'm from Limerick, but I'm living up here in Dublin. And um, like we're sitting here in a, in a cost of living crisis with some of the most expensive rent and education systems in Europe having to, or I suppose more so, you know, trying to adapt our habits mm. to counteract the impact of climate change, which is mostly caused by, you know, large multinational corporations and um, government decision across the planet. So I think for me, why young people are so passionate about it is like what you said, it, it's because. You know, we realise that we're going to face that burden, but also we're we're facing a hyper object or, I suppose, a like a colossal mountain of crises, whether it's health, whether it's economic, whether it's environmental based. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of, it's forcing us into, you know, into the policy sphere. Um, and that's a really important step too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Can, you know, like in the context of these conversations, if somebody says, you know, the big Polluters are the ones we need to worry about, like India and China. They immediately get accused of, you know, that's water battery We we need to do what we can. I mean, are you mm. not guilty a little bit of that in suggesting that you know it can't be left to the individual? We need to think about the big polluters, like the multinationals.
2: Um. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like everyone has a personal responsibility. I suppose to give you a bit of personal background, like I've been a scout since the age of eight, so I've um I've kind of been immersed in the environment in mm. terms of whether it's hiking or camping and. I suppose, really, you know, developing that that kind of appreciation for the world around us and the opportunities it can bring. But there's definitely a personal, uh, personal, I suppose, obligation to take those necessary steps. But I think there's one part there in your question that was really interesting for me, and it's that, you know, some say that, you know, there's no point in us working on, on you know, bringing down our carbon emissions, because Ireland has so little impact on the, the global emissions scale. Yes, the way I look at it is that, you know, we're trendsetters in international institutions. Like, all you need to look at is, you know, the role we played on the UN Security Council over the past two years, or the waves created in Europe because of, you know, the referendums on on gay marriage rights and abortion access. And in, I suppose, the debate on climate change, we often focus on how it will affect us and will being the most important part of that aspect of that question, like sentence, but climate change is an everyday reality for many people in other parts of the world, specifically in the global south, with with millions already displaced yeah. because of extreme but- weather patterns. But I suppose going back to your question on on the individual on the individual impact, like we're currently in a system where or in a country where the minimum wage is is under the the you know living wage under the poverty line in some sense. Um, and with that, you know, to be expected to take those personal steps yeah. to counteract the object, the climate change, is, is kind of unreasonable in a sense.
1: Well, I, I just want to go back to Patrick before we go. Uh, Patrick, I, I was really interested in listening to Pete Lunn uh, of the SRI this morning on News Talk um, talking about this. And he made the point that, you know, it is such a complex issue that it, it's unfair to place the burden on individuals that, you know, even though we might not like the idea that actually rules and regulations and taxes to change behaviour, that's probably going to be the way through it. What do you think?
0: It is, I mean, yeah, that is... uh I suppose Is that an unfortunate that that. reality? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there has been that like growth of understanding in terms of we're limited in terms of the actual impact, like the change in our behavior. So, for instance, I've been vegetarian for 30 years. We've decided as a family to try not to fly. So these are uh, we grow a lot of our, fu- our own food. These are pers- I'm still a hypocrite like many other people. I drive, I consume. But, we, you know, we make the changes we can in our own uh, way not expecting that that's actually going to save us just because it feels like the right thing to do at this time in our history. But it also, it helps us grow our awareness and we realise actually the bigger problem is we need system change you know, because we can green our own lives and that's what a lot of the focus goes on to, Mm. but at the same time collectively. So we we need to know that we need to advocate, we need to actually demand change and there are structures that enable that, such as like citizens' assemblies like even just seeing in the last couple of days the citizens' uh, assembly on biodiversity actually trust the people like they they're they're actually seeking a referendum to give nature rights to be protected so giving nature rights which it currently doesn't have so like essentially we need like the current institutions have failed us you know their our emissions are going up not going down so we need to actually find ways to actually create like because answers are there like yeah it's falling into despair is also uh it's it's not true there are answers actually there, but there's a lack of political will. Our governments are failing in terms of actually lowering our emissions, lowering the destruction and actually protecting us. And there are many answers there. We just actually need, you know, you can't go incremental change. You need to actually address, you know, the scale of the problem, adequately educate the government and, uh, and the public as yeah. to the, uh, the consequences well, of not addressing this and I- the emotional supports we need to connect with the climate reality.
1: Patrick, appreciate your time. Same to you, Callum. Patrick O'Connor is from Extinction Rebellion Ireland, and Callum Hederman is an environmentalist and a social activist. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from
0: four on News Talk.